Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome, everyone. See some new faces, some old faces. <laughs> Turn. Um, let's begin by introducing ourselves, um, your name, and then we'll, we will um, greet our friends on Zoom as well. So I'm Mado. Haley. Andrea. Ross. Natalie. Jason. Bryce. Peter. Andrea. Alan. Gia. Sophia. And who do we have on Zoom? Sherry. Sherry, hi. And Dora. Angel. Bob. Brenda. Michelle and State College. Hi, Andrea. Thanks for not blocking Zoom. <laughs> Georgie. Stephanie. Max. Ramon. Sarah. Nikolai. Oh, hi, Nikolai. We haven't seen you for a while. Oh, hiking. I've been hiking every weekend. So. <laughs> Just like you. <laughs> okay. Spiders were probably chasing you, right? Yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> but, but still, fresh air is more important. So. Okay. Yes, I agree. Um, we have all our Zoom friends. David and Lois and uh, Sonny. Oh, Lois and David. Wow. Quite a crew. Okay, well, welcome everyone. Um, really wonderful to see, see people here. Um, and welcome to our new people who we haven't seen before. Um, welcome to Owen. Um, we have been talking about the Buddhist precepts. And um, I want to begin each of these talks with uh, a reminder that um, these precepts are not to be taken as rules or as commandments. They are not to be uh, regarded as um, injunctions that this is what you should do and this is what you shouldn't do. The way I've been approaching these is that these, these precepts are opportunities for us to um, examine our lives, to notice things that we might not normally notice. And so when I talk about the precepts, I'm, I'm just inviting you to examine things. They're not, this is not a truth uh, that I'm preaching uh, or even suggesting that you believe, but they are opportunities for examination and exploration. So the precept that I want to address today is, is the precept around sexuality. Um, and it's the precept which uh, su suggests that we refrain 
from abusing sex, abusing our sexuality. Why do you think Buddha included this precept as an important one to look at, to examine? Um, why among lying, stealing, killing, uh, getting angry, why is sexuality so significant that he included it in the way to liberation, the way to leading a fully realized human life? Why, why, is, why is that important? Sex is, sexuality is a powerful force, isn't it? It's a very powerful force in our lives. And it's a force that from, from, a, from Buddhist point of view, what needed to be controlled, particularly if you were a, going to be a monk, and if you were going to, to be a monk or a nun, you, you had, it was, it was absolutely imperative to be celibate. You had to refrain from all forms of sexuality. Why? Why is that, why is that so important? Um, particularly if you were be a, a monastic, I think from Buddha's point of view, the preoccupation with this strong force in our lives clouds the mind. It is something that is very dominating and can be very dominating, such that it imposes itself on this, the, the spiritual development that we that as a monk or a nun, you would undertake. And so it's not, it's something you don't worry about. <laughs> you just don't do it. You don't become preoccupied with it. You, it's just out of your life. This is not true uh, for lay practitioners. Um, sexual activity is a part of life and it is an important part of life. And Buddha had nothing against <laughs> sexual activity. It can be very profound, very deep, very intimate. It can promote a real connection between people. And I suspect that he, that he wasn't so concerned with what we might call biological sex, which might just be called copulation or intercourse, that he wasn't, this wasn't the issue. It was more the sex that was psychological. I remember my mother telling me once um, that sex was all in the mind. 
which I thought was a kind of interesting comment. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, and just on my walk this morning, it occurred I, that that thought or my mother's uh, my mother's um, statement came back to me: "Sex is all in the mind." And I thought, yeah, that's probably what Buddha believed as well. That um, and I, I would use the word imagination. That sex is all in the imagination. Um, there's a biological element to it, certainly, but when the, 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 the sex that we're really concerned about is the sex that, that occupies the mind, not the sex that occupies the body. And so because it's such a strong force in our lives, it can interfere with another force in our lives, which is the force of spiritual development. What we call in Zen, bodhicitta, which is the, the, the force that wants to achieve liberation, spiritual liberation. And that is why you're all here, even though you may not know it. That, that you are here because there's a force in you force. that wants freedom, wants freedom. spiritual realization. So that force is, is also powerful. powerful. And sometimes those two forces collide. When two forces love each other very much. <laughs> And so, so one of the things that we contend with, and sometimes it's expressed as the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, the spirit wants to achieve its liberation, its full realization, but there's something, there's another force that is competing with, this is a very classic uh, body-spirit clash. And so sometimes uh, in our practice, we have to observe the act of refraining, of pausing before we give way to that force, that powerful force in us. Because as all of us know, sexual misconduct can be extremely damaging to us and to other people. It can create a lot of suffering. Sexual misconduct takes a lot of forms. And, and I think, you know, it goes all the way from uh, adultery, adultery to harassment to just even speaking uh, speaking ill or 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 speaking in 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 uh, crude or or damaging ways about somebody's sexuality. So there's a very wide range of misuse of sexuality, of misuse of sexual conduct. 
there so this clash this powerful force that we have we call spiritual a spiritual drive bodhicitta the drive for liberation has to cope with the drive the 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 drive for personal satisfaction the sensual the sensual drive and this is why in the title of the the talk today i i coupled sex with self because sexual in, involvement is very much self-centered okay. it's about satisfying one's own personal drives it can be. can be and then there is the sangha, sangha. sex self sangha. sangha it's also everything that you do personally can have a profound effect on your relationships with other people and we know sexual misconduct can cause a lot of hurt, a lot of damage. And so sometimes um, there is a, there, there's a practice called Tantra, which many of you have, may have heard of. It comes in the Vajrayana tradition of Buddhism in which there is a spiritual practice which tries to weave together. In fact, Tantra means woven together, weaves together the sexual and the sensual with the spiritual. And there, there's an attempt to put the two together. And there are some very profound sexual practices called Tantra, which are supposed to be spiritually liberating. So throughout history, there's been this, not only this clash of spirit, spiritual drive and sexual, sensual drive, but also an attempt to bring them together. So what is, what is first of all, what is sex? And I like to invite us to consider the fact that sex may be beyond physical, but taking place a lot in fantasy, in a lot in imagination. And that can be extremely preoccupying. It can be addictive, it can be obsessive. And many people are addicted to the fantasies, the sexual fantasies, and that interferes with clarity with the clarity of mind with the liberation so and then so so what is what is the sex that is the issue in the precepts what what is the buddha referring to and then what is abuse what constitutes misuse of sexuality there in in um in our practice there have been decisions made by practitioners to voluntarily become celibate it's not about 
um, it's not about a default situation that I can't, I can't find a partner or I'm too old to have sex, which I'm kind of familiar with, <laughs> but, but um, that like libido is gone or whatever. It's not, it's a very deliberate decision, uh, a voluntary decision that I'm, I'm just not going to participate in that. And um, I, I read an account of uh, a Buddhist uh, woman who said that she, um, one of the things that she, that ben she benefited from, from becoming voluntarily celibate is that she didn't have to buy expensive and uncomfortable lingerie. <laughs> you know, if you give up sex, a lot of things kind of go out the window, you know, um, it's, it's kind of, she felt really liberated uh, that she didn't have to think about it. She didn't have to worry about how uh, seductive she appealed. She appeared to be, uh, she didn't have to worry about her appearance too much at all. You know, she didn't have to worry about pleasing anyone. She didn't have to worry about having to justify the fact that she didn't want to at a particular time. You know, it's just a lot of stuff kind of disappeared from her life. And it was a real liberating state of being. Well, perhaps, I mean, that's one option. Uh, definitely one option that one can choose. And it doesn't have to be something that one's ashamed of. Um, and particularly in our culture, you know, there's such an emphasis on sex and such an emphasis on being sexually appealing and having lots of, lots of it and um, that it might seem, you know, unthinkable to to voluntarily, you know, give it up, um, but it's an option. But another perhaps more accessible option is to refrain when, when in your mindful attention, you conclude that having this particular sexual activity uh, will cause suffering, 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 either for you or for others. So even though you have a strong impulse to do something, our practice is the practice of pressing the pause button. Press the pause button. You know, this is what we do when we're sitting. Ready. We're stopping for a okay. moment so that we can Pay attention. Okay, what will the consequences? What will the consequences of this be? There's a wonderful Native American um, admonition about not making any decision until you take seven generations into account. There's a seven, seven generation um, in, in, in the councils, in Native American councils, when they, when they have to make a decision about the 
the tribe. They say, how will this affect us in seven? How will it affect seven generations to come? And, you know, when you consider this, it's really impossible to determine what's going to happen in seven generations, no less tomorrow. Right. So the point really is don't. <laughs> if you can possibly refrain, don't. Because you don't know how things are going to play out. So this, when it comes to this powerful force of sexual impulse, press the pause button and maybe think about seven generations and refrain. Can we refrain? Can we not be pushed around by our impulses? And that's, that's part of our practice. When Buddha was sitting under the bow tree and he awakened, Waken. he had to face what is very classic in, in many spiritual traditions and realizations, temptations. We call them Mara. Those illusions, temptations. Christ had the same, was in the same situation in the desert. All, all the temptations started coming before him, trying to get him to let go of his commitment, his dedication, his realization. Oh yeah, this is much, this is this is much more tempting. This is much more enjoyable. This is much more pleasurable come, come this way, come this way. And so Buddha sat in front of all those temptations and many of them were sexual. Sexual, don't be daddy Buddha. And what did he do? This, those of you on Zoom, I'm touching the earth. <laughs> he grounded himself in his connection, not, not with the, the, the sensuality of life, but of in the groundedness of life. Earth is my witness. Earth is my support. Some people will turn to God and say, God, you know, God is my support. But Buddha, Buddha did, did what Tantra does in, in sexuality. He wove together his spiritual realization with his groundedness in the earth. So this is, you could say, this is, this is what sex is for a Buddhist. This is, this is the sensuality. This is the, this is the connection. Thank you, Ron. So, so I invite you. It's a kind of it's a kind of marriage. Um, it's it's a marriage between you and the earth. And this is this is this is the this is the sex that you can throw yourself into 
completely. And it's the most, it's the most uh, liberating and it's the most deeply satisfying and sustainable yes. form of sex that, that we can have. All the passion, all. all the intimacy, all the joy, joy that the sex of the imagination brings us and more. Thank you. Please return your cushions to their places and prepare for outdoor cleaning.